Greetings, everyone. This is Nathan, and I'm here with Kim, and this is The Birds and the Lees, a podcast where we talk about what it's like being a ministry family. This is episode four, and if you've been hanging in with us, you know what? It's time to have a little bit of fun tonight. Um, Kim, how are you? I'm doing well. All right. That's uh, that's good to hear since we are officially on our third start of the evening. I've been having some issues tonight getting rolling and having words come out of my mouth, so it's been a little bit difficult. Hey, um, so if you are anywhere remotely associated with ministry or church life or Facebook, you have definitely seen a lot of the memes and a lot of the uh, fun videos that come out, kind of about the cliches and pratfalls of evangelical churches in America. I can think of so many that uh, you've probably sent to someone. Some of you may have sent them to me or to Kim. I know she has sent them to me, and they're all hilarious. And the unfortunate thing, well, maybe the fortunate thing, is that most of them are very, very true. So tonight, we're going to share some of our favorite true yet uncomfortable Uh, ministry, cliches, experiences, and pratfalls that we want to avoid. So, Kim, you've been married to me for 14 years. Before that, you were heavily involved in youth ministry with your dad being a volunteer. Um, What are some memories you have of youth ministry and ministry in general, things that we do um, that uh, we're just going to list them off? What do you think? Um, I think when are you you're talking about things that would be considered a little ridiculous? Well, I think they're the things that are the foundation for the memes and the funny videos and okay. things we've personally experienced. I think a lot of people sometimes think that those are over the top, but if we really begin, and maybe we need to set up where all this came from. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Let's let's set up where this came from. <laughs> so uh, Kim and I are involved, uh, like I said, in a church in previous episodes, and I'm on staff and. One of the really neat things we've had a chance to do is uh, start a small group. We call them life groups with a a group of young, uh, mid-20s and up, married couples, some single, really an awesome group of people who have really run with this and see this as a chance to minister to people their own age. And so we uh, we keep track of each other through the GroupMe app. If you've not used that before, it's it it's is, basically it's a great app. If you're any in any sort of group that is, has a semi limited amount of people, it is a great app to utilize to keep connected. Much like texting, um, it has calendaring options. Yeah, it would, um, and it's basically like an old school. I would say it's an old school message board kind of thing where everybody's kind yeah. of contributing, but in a text format. And so we we keep up with each other throughout the week and share stories, have fun, talk about events. But this one came across. This was a special day. And this <laughs> happened, I believe, <laughs> Thursday. Yes, it happened Thursday. It wasn't we, today? No, it was yesterday. Okay. Yesterday. It was a very special uh, series of posts from our very mm-hmm. good friend, Kelsey. Yes. Who has uh, got uh, a great sense of humor, very sharp. And she was working at a coffee shop and began to relate to us a conversation that was happening behind her uh, with two young men involved in ministry. Now, we don't know what church they're at, and we don't know what kind of ministry they're in, but these were some of the gems that we're going to read off right now, Kim. Do you want to share this reading them? Um, You can do it. I did not pull it up on my phone. Oh, okay. Well, that's the good thing about the GroupMe app is she sent this to the entire group. 
It's and either so good or it's bad. It's it either <laughs> what we want to say is we're not here to try to uh, you know ridicule uh, two individuals who are who are doing great work, but we do want to say that sometimes we need to be very careful how we come across. And uh, Kim, you would tell me um, uh, often that I needed to you know just be myself, right? Yeah, so one of the things we work at as um, a family is to be authentic and not authentic in the fake kind of way. And I think we all know that person who mm-hmm. is who likes to consider themselves authentically compassionate or auth- yeah, whatever. Da- no, we're authentic in that sometimes we make a fool out of ourselves and we're authentic in um, how we behave with our friends. We, you know, we're very real in how we make mistakes and the sins that are on our heart and we're struggling with. Um, we're very real with people that are in our home and how we discipline our kids. We, yeah. we try not to hide much. And the reason we do that is to be kept on track with Christ and where we're going and what kind of what our, um, what God wants in our lives. It helps us to keep right there focused on it when people are saying, that's not okay. You're being authentic. I know you are, but you need to change that behavior pretty quick. Yeah, I sometimes feel that the word authentic is used to describe a a picture that people want to be. Yeah, totally. And and that's not to say it's a, you know, we, we really want to be real, but you know, real is the warts and all and sometimes the there's far more warts. Yeah. And, you know, uh, negative things and there are positives and that's how we are able to help each other. So anyway, these are some of the gems and and the reason we mention this is because it, it, these come across really, uh, they're pretty funny. And, you know, I don't doubt their heart, but if I were a passerby, I would definitely turn my head at these. So here's the first quote. Many of you are really big into worship, okay? And worship is a vital part of our, uh, our spiritual life. And, you know, we have musical tastes across mm-hmm. the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a quote, bro, sometimes I just want to listen to some old school worship, you know, like the other day, how great their art came on. And I was like, oh, old school, you know, bro, that stuff is sick. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never I've never heard hymns described as sick. Oh, there's so much in that statement that, I, I mean, we could all touch on. I mean, I'm pretty sure an atheist would come along and just roll their eyes. Well, I just, maybe. I mean, honestly, anytime I hear a grown man saying, you know, oh, dude, that was sick. Yeah. You know, I'm either going to think he's a surfer, a skateboarder, or there's some kind of arrested development going on. Now, I mean, I, we are old. We are old. And to be truthful <laughs> and honest, I total just you know transparency i talk that way too so i am holding myself to this uh to this standard i do i say ridiculous i say dude a lot and so understand that when we're repeating these things we're going to be sharing a lot of things that we've done before so this is kind of it's almost a confessional maybe that's what it is it's a confessional so so if you're not a pastor um listening to this we welcome non-pastors or non um, i should say church staff to listen to this. Um, we just live life. We are a typical family, but, um, my husband is a little ridiculous sometimes. I am. I am. And and, you know, and (laughs) ultimately what you're going to find out is this, this thread that came up about these two guys talking turned into a, uh, 
a little bit of a uh, reminiscence among the group of what it was like to be involved in ministry in the early 2000s. And you've probably seen the memes of being like a super edgy mm-hmm. pastor. We're going to get to those. Can because I, can I yeah, just go ahead. say that I'm really thankful we're out of the early 2000s in ministry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think I could do frosted <laughs> tips anymore. So. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say, when you first started this, the first thing that popped into my head was the T-shirts. Yeah, the T-shirts. Now, here's oh. the thing. I grew up uh, in, I started going to youth group in the 80s. And some of those T-shirts, like the T-shirts we had in the 2000s, were nowhere near as bad as the T-shirts we had in the 80s. Yeah, we just didn't have an ability. Like, there was some kind of filter in our brain where we decided that every Christian T-shirt had to be obnoxious and really kind of almost sometimes rude. Yeah, there were some of those. I mean, I remember growing up, there was a T-shirt that said, uh, had a guy in the Lake of Fire with a surfboard, and it said, no surfing in hell, Lake of Fire has no waves. Yeah. And, you know, here's this guy, he's in hell. And, and, you know, this was supposed to be a, a way to... Present your testimony, your faith, your faith, right. and and ultimately it was a guy trying to surf in fire. So anyway, mm-hmm. so unfortunately, this next quote characterizes <laughs> characterizes youth ministry for me. Okay, so I have found <laughs> myself in this situation, right? And so again, this is something that I have fallen prey to uh, at times. Uh, and I quote, what's the name of those kids at youth that sat behind me yesterday? And he goes to on to describe what the kids look like. And he's told. And uh, the other guy says, oh, I love them, bro. They're my favorite. They are awesome. And the first guy says, what's their name? The second guy says, uh, I'm not sure. And so I say that because, okay, I used to have, I used to be involved in middle school. And I think any pastor, I had, I've had pastors tell me this all the time. And you get to this point where people walk up to you and they act like they know. You experience the same thing as a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. People walk up to you and they start talking to you. And you have no idea who they are. They're wonderful people. But there's so many. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about thinking who you're walking up to and what they might be experiencing. Some pastors, some staff are new. Many churches, at least in the DFW area where we live, have... I mean, the average church here has like 350 to 2,000 members. Yeah, and so... <laughs> the chance of me remembering your name is super slim. And if I do remember your name, you're either amazing or we need to have a talk. Yeah. Like <laughs> and uh, every all those people are probably amazing. It's just mm-hmm. that those are the that run in our circles. Yeah. I will say this. There was a time where uh, when I worked with middle schoolers that periodically a kid would come up. Hey, do you remember my name? And after a while of just trying to fake my way through it, I actually just got bitter enough to go, no, I can't remember your name. There's 150 of you. So if you don't come yeah. talk to me, I'm not going to remember your name. And I, were thinking, and I remember thinking as soon as the words came out, I was like, oh, I really messed up. And I, the kid looks at me and goes, well, that's fair. <laughs> and turned around and walked away. So Kids are very forgiving. I'm they thankful are forgiving. for that. Okay. This is another one. of This one. This one I love because I don't know many young people who talk this way. I don't know many adults who talk this way. But in the realm of... I I disagree with that. Okay, hold on. I haven't read it yet. So you don't know which one I'm going to say. You don't know which one I'm going to say. So uh, I don't know many adults who talk this way. Uh, But this this falls in line with the uber spiritual kind of talk that we like to use. Like the super, uh, like, let me just read it. 
because most of us, oh, let me set the stage a little bit. Most of us in ministry, uh, and you might agree with this, we, we take Friday off. And yeah. so we jokingly yeah. refer to Thursday as our Friday because right. that's our weekend and we're well, going to work on to Sunday. to be fair, not jokingly, like for real, we look forward to Well, yeah, Fridays. we look forward to Fridays because that's, yeah. that's, that's my weekend. That's the beginning of it. Yeah. And so here's, I relate to this, but this is how it was phrased. Today is my Friday. I hate when I get a new task today because I'm going to be so uncomfortable on my Sabbath because I'm like, I need to do that work, you know, bro. Okay, can what time was that at? Was that lunch? No, this was in the afternoon. Um, this was this was like end of the day kind of thing. It's like okay. my weekend's getting ready to start, but well, one, I mean, I okay. I agree. I'm just gonna say I hear a little bit of OCD in that comment, right? He can't walk away and let it happen on Monday. Well, and that's the th- there's a little bit of that, but I also think. You know, every one of us have had, you know, if you are going to do this and this is your calling and this is where you're led, right. you have to understand that your time is going to be given to people. And so that means that often you're, you're, you have weekends, you have vacations, but ultimately what we're doing is we're, we're prepared and ready to serve mm-hmm. people. Yeah, absolutely. But I, but I have been there where it's Saturday night and I get a phone call and I'm trying very desperately on my Sabbath to uh, to not uh, not sound like I'm annoyed um, right. that somebody's calling me with sometimes. Well, it could be that a woman thought that uh, the uh, oh. the head of the tech department was stuck in Europe and need, she needed to wire him three thousand dollars. True she story. Was so sweet. But it was what, three in the morning? Yeah, It was about three in the morning and he was not in Europe. Mm-hmm. And he was not in trouble, and somebody was and trying to scam. It was her. somebody from Africa telling her they needed three thousand dollars. Yes, yes, somebody telling me they needed three thousand dollars. Okay, so uh, I think I've only got a couple more quotes, and this is where the entire uh, the ent- <laughs> oh wait, there is one more after this. So here we go. So sh- this is not a direct quote, but this is kind of the gist of the conversation. This is the one that put me over the top. This is the one that put you over the top. Uh, guy number one asked guy number two what he liked about him. Guy number two said he's encouraging. Guy number one proceeds to explain that encouragement is his spiritual gift and said he could teach guy number one how to do it. Okay, here's my problem with that. Biblically, spiritual gifts are given by the Lord, and so you you may you can learn how to be encouraging, but that doesn't mean you can acquire necessarily the gift, because they are not dis- they're dispersed for a very good reason. Yeah, I'm not even worried about that end of it. There, there's just a humility that's lacking. Well, okay, things. so yes, there is a, and and to be honest with you, that's that's something I've struggled with because humility is often because you are the center of attention many times. Right. Humility becomes the biggest pitfall that we have. Mm-hmm. And I have been in that situation. You've called me on it in that situation mm-hmm. where pride becomes the thing uh, that uh, drives us in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the, 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 this quote goes on. It says, I'm going to go out. Oh, our friend said, I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, pride is an issue here. But <laughs> this is the best. Oh, my gosh. He just said the Lord told him to go spend $300 at the mall on himself. So he's going to go have a me party mm. because the Lord told him so. That's so sweet. And it's a lot of self-care and all that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sacrifice. But <laughs> you immediately uh, chimed in 
with this one, and I love this, because Kim's immediate quote was, um, obviously this guy is not in ministry, because if you are, you do not have $300 just lying around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, most people in ministry, and you and I have experienced this, we really have to count our pennies. I mean, that, that for the majority of people who work and live this lifestyle, it is not a choice to go to the mall or wherever and spend $300 on unnecessary things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just funny to me that these are conversations that we have, and, and I have had too. These are conversations that we have in public. Right. And they're not bad conversations, but at the same time, if you're someone, well, okay, if you're someone who's not associated with the church yeah. or a have any kind of uh, relationship with Christ mm-hmm. or have never believed uh, and therefore, uh, you know, have not put your trust in him, do not possess eternal life, somebody's walking by right. and they're hearing someone talk about this. Well, and to be clear, our friend was two tables over. Yeah, and, and she could hear it. Yeah. She could hear it. And so in our quest to be uber spiritual, mm-hmm. um, sometimes we have to take into account that, you know what? Nobody wants you to be fake. They want you to be real. Right. And so, I mean, there's ways. Maybe that's a better word than authentic. I think real is much, much better. And that's one we use. I mean, that's yeah. that's an interchangeable word. So, all right. So, uh, and finally, this quote, which I just thought was awesome. This is, did you know you're getting more, in, this is guy one talking to guy two. It says, did you know you're getting more in tune with the Holy Spirit? I love that, man. Great job. I don't understand where that came from. Well, to me, it's, okay, so to me, it sounds like, it comes across like a, a you know, it's a sports pep talk, right? Mm. It's like, and, and, and my general uh, impression, this is like, this is like just a regular coffee. They get together mm. and there's nothing wrong with that. And again... I'm not, these guys are sincere and these guys have uh, a great joy in ministry. I just think it's funny when we step back and we listen to ourselves, you know, and we're going to talk about a a few of those in a minute and it's going to be kind of like a, you might be a redneck. It kind of, so if you're just, if you're like somebody who's in church or not in church and you're trying to figure out what we're talking about, this is kind of like a mom who has a, who's pregnant and she looks at everyone around her and says, I'm never getting a minivan. And then six months later, she's getting a minivan. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. (laughs) So out of this conversation, this thread, uh, one of our other friends posted uh, a picture. And you've probably seen, you may have seen this caption or this meme. And it says, I am an edgy early 2000s pastor starter pack. And in this picture are your... Uh, your uh, earrings, uh, different gauge earrings, your chain necklace, your Converse, uh, your flip phone, <laughs> your Razor uh, flip phone, yeah. which was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, your jeans with flip flops. Yep. Your uh, faux hawk. But to be fair, you never wore the flip. I never. I hate flip flops. I hate them. Your faux hawk with bleach tips. The soul patch, which I did have, I did have the soul yeah, patch. Yeah, you did. And uh, and your you know your Christian T-shirt. Oh, you should have. You should listen to Pod and Skillet. So yeah, uh, did all those things. So from that, we started listing things, and and these become kind of our. If you did this or used this or mm-hmm. said this, you might be an early two thousands edgy pastor. So yeah. here we go. 
Uh, the first one is, if you ever wore a military ball cap mm-hmm. or a trucker cap that has been cut into a visor, yeah. you might be an edgy youth pastor or pastor in the 2000s. Yeah, I think that only counts if you have on a Christian shirt, though. Well, I think that or or you had a T-shirt, a plain T-shirt with a short sleeve shirt unbuttoned and open. Ew. Yeah, yeah, that was Ew. one with your with your cargo shorts or your jeans and your flip flops. So oh. that was a look. That was a thing. Oh. Um, Kim followed up with this one. <laughs> if you, out of the blue, just announced to everyone as you were preaching how hot your wife is. Yeah, I've seen that done so many times. And uh, pointed her out in the audience. You might be an edgy two thousands pastor. Yeah. Na- uh, and to be fair, Nathan has done that. I've done that. <laughs> I did it. She called me on it. Yeah. All right, here we go. If you ever purchased a uh, multi-year subscription to Interlink, you might be an edgy pastor or youth pastor. Now, Interlink. So, yeah, okay, let me explain Interlink. Interlink was a music subscription service that came with those awesome posters that said, if you like this band, you'll like this band. The To be clear, uh-huh. it was all junk. Not all of it. Some uh, of it was good. Some of it was oh, good. Some of those so bands much. No, some of those bands were good. So many posters. So all oh, the posters were yes, terrible. Yes, and there were like little things in there. Oh yeah, it came with stickers and posters. But yeah. but the poster was about if you like this band, then here is the Christian equivalent. So if you like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, you'll like the Super Tones. If you like Tool, you'll like Stavesacre. If you like Limp Biscuit, you'll like Pillar or Pax 217 or one of the myriad of other rap metal bands. And I kind of feel like that was actually geared towards older youth pastors, right? Ones who maybe didn't who weren't necessarily engaged in the music scene enough. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, it was funny because we were cleaning out a bunch of closets last year at the church I'm at now, and we opened up one of the cabinets, and I think it was probably two youth pastors ago or something like that. They they were getting the Interlink box. And so we pulled out all of these CDs. One, they're, they were CDs, so that tells you something. I don't think we could even play them in the I church. don't think like, we could. We don't have a CD player anywhere. Yeah. And so we pull out all these CDs, and I remember our, our youth guy, who's 20, mid-20s, he looks at all this, and he's looking at this music like, what in the <laughs> world? Who are these bands? Well, a lot of them were smaller bands, right? They're well, and I'm going through it going, oh, my gosh, you yeah. know, Flatfoot 56, I love those guys. I saw them, you know, and he's looking at me like, all right, old man, you right. know, this is the thing. Okay, so here's the next one. Uh, if you ever took a group of students to Festival Condios. Oh, which, you, is, which doesn't have to be that one. No, it could be any festival. You yeah. could take them to a live festival, Cornerstone Festival, Purple Door Festival, Creation Festival, Quick Festival Condios. Yeah. How many have you been to with students? Okay, I've only been to one. Two, two. Two. I've been to a live, and I have up oh, three. I take that back. <laughs> I've been to the three. The longer we sit yeah, here. Yeah, the longer I sit here, the more. Okay, so yeah. I've been to Purple Door. Okay. Which is which's great because that was all the metal, so like Demon Hunter okay. and Project 86 and stuff. I don't. You don't listen to that. No. So I've uh, been to Purple Door. I've been to Alive, which was kind of the middle of the road, uh, you know, mainstream. You know, I got to see Switchfoot there, which I'd never seen Switchfoot, and they were great. Right. Um, and then I have been to, uh, with youth, Festival Condios. Festival Condios was... Uh, you uni- went to that? I did. It was one of the first trips I ever took when I was an intern. 
So Festival Candios was great because the way they did it was they would find an empty mall parking lot. Oh. And they would plop the festival right there. And it was all fenced in. It was gated huh. in. Yeah. And so it was. It would be all day. You'd have an all-day oh, concert. that just sounds hot and gross. It was gross in Texas. But here's the funny thing is kids would get out of school for the day. Because it would not be on a holiday weekend or anything. It would be on a Friday. Oh. And so kids would take the day off school. Right. And, you know, get a note and they'd go to Festival Condios. And I remember the only one I ever went to was when the movie Extreme Days came out. Now, if you have ever taken a group of kids mm. to a Christian movie <laughs> that was built solely on whatever the trend was at the time and right. a basically a vehicle to sell the soundtrack... You might be an edgy 2000s pastor. Yes, for and sure. I remember that because we got to meet the girl who starred in that movie, and uh, it, it was oh, it was she like was at the festival. She was at the festival, and I'm kind of like, and that movie has uh, Dante Basco, who was uh, Rufio in Hook. So if you know what I'm talking about, you should go check that out. But I remember sitting there, uh, like, uh, just going, "Why am I backstage talking about this movie? I don't care." So, and I'm hot and I'm gross and I'm sweaty it's because you're. A pastor. Well, that's the thing is that was the time that I hunted down my buddy and I. We tracked, we stalked. Let's just say this: we stalked Super Chick because we had crushes on him. This is before I met Kim, and we got our pictures with him. So that was our thing. And I look like I look like a little kid who's meeting Santa for the first time because <laughs> I'm like, oh, here's these pretty girls who play rock and I roll. I guess being a single youth worker has its benefits, uh, right? Well, unless they think you're weird. So, yeah, well. all right. So, um, if you owned a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> now here's the irony in this. We're we're talking about Jeep Wranglers and all these things. And literally two days ago, Nathan was driving my mom's Jeep, who is in our garage. Yeah, it's not it, your mom. It, the Jeep is the in the Jeep garage. The Jeep is in our garage. And he looked at me and said, I would love to drive that car. See, I never had a Jeep <laughs> back in the 2000s, so I think I could ha- I could do this. I just thought it was funny. That I we think were... I think what I need is a, it's a midlife crisis, and I need to go back and live I, live out the you my youth that I didn't that. have. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so if you, but it, it couldn't now in, unless your church was over five thousand people, it was not a nice Jeep, right? So it we was had an, to, yeah, we had to qualify that because if your church was over five thousand people, you had a fully loaded uh, Wrangler like the whatever it was called, the Wrangler with the four doors. Yeah, I forget what XLT those were called. Or whatever yeah, they call and theirs. you had the big tires, you had the winch on the front, which you probably never went off roading in it. And to be clear, in the early 2000s, when you were getting your degree in ministry, you went to a church where he brought a pastor. No, I didn't go to that church. I went on a field trip to that church. You went to a field trip. Yeah, you went on a field trip. And the pastor brought it up on stage. Yes, if you had a nice Jeep and you could pull it up on the stage as an illustration. Yeah, you're doing ministry. Yeah, and if if that (laughs) illustration went something like this. Now, I could sit here and brag about my nice Jeep. But you know what? God says that's not what it's all about. (laughs) Going back to the conversation at the tables, that sounded oddly familiar. It sounded oddly familiar. (laughs) Um, Okay, so if you were a pastor in the early 2000s, depending on the attendance of your church, you either had a really nice Wrangler or you had a really crappy Wrangler. Okay, so, all right. I had to be, okay, if you're listening to this, no, this is not meant to hurt anybody's feelings. However... If you had any verse in either Hebrew or Greek (laughs) tattooed on your wrist, ankle, or arm, you might be an edgy 2000s pastor. Yes. There got to a point when I was a single 
woman doing life in, you know, as a single woman, I was also going to church. I went to one for a while and then I um, went to another. (coughs) And there was a while where I didn't want to see another verse on someone's arm that they thought was special. Well, another verse that you can't read because you don't know Hebrew and Greek. Right. And the reason they did that was, well, somebody's going to ask me what that verse is. Okay. And then I can say, well, this verse is about this, and right. boom, they trust Jesus. Right. Well, okay, but did you have any friends that got it done and then realized it, it was, wasn't the verse? It uh, was something else? I heard about stories like that. Oh, but, yeah. I or, had a couple of friends. Yeah, it was like, ooh, wow, that's yeah. not saying anything nice. Right. Yeah. Okay, so this one came from our friend Christine, and (laughs) I have actually experienced this one. Uh, (laughs) If you ever gave a speech that you were leaving the church you were at because the Lord was leading you in a new direction, which meant a higher-paying job, you might be an edgy early 2000s pastor. Because we can't just say, hey, you know what? It's time for me to move on. It is time for me to go and do something different. Or I need to make a little more money. That's an okay statement. That's an okay thing. Now, in my case, I actually took a pay cut. (laughs) But I was honest. And and because maybe not totally honest. Okay, let me say this. I, I presented the truth. Yeah in a way to protect what was going on behind the scenes. Now, I was not in trouble. Nobody did anything wrong. But it was very visibly clear that the church I was in, I needed to move on from. Right. And so we weren't compatible. We weren't, you know, this was not working out. And so, I, you know, you can be honest about that and say, hey, you know what? It's time for me to go here. Right. Because I need to go here to see uh, if this is where I need to be. And you don't even have to talk about the money. You can just right. be honest. Or if maybe it's a better paying job. You can say, hey, you know what? I got a family. I got bills. And you know what? Honestly, there's a great opportunity here. It pays a little more. There's nothing you know, wrong with people making a living. I think that's a good topic. We'll discuss that in a later um, in, in a later podcast. Maybe a little bit about um, money and churches and how that all works in the interview process. Because I think a lot of people go into ministry and have no clue what that looks like. Yeah, and but uh, and we're going to talk maybe talk about this a few more minutes at the end because we're we're yeah. almost done here. Um, but going back to that transparency thing, part of it is just being upfront about what we're saying. Nobody right. cares if you have this image. Now, that's not to say that we don't want to live a life that is uh, an obedience to Christ, that uh, presents a good witness to him. But you know what? He knows who we are. We don't need to put up a facade. We don't have to. People relate to, hey, you have a real life experience Mm -hmm. with God. Well, and I think we fool ourselves into thinking that there has to be a major serious reason yeah. for wanting to change churches. Well, there, yeah, I mean, I mean it might be. You're, sometimes you see them going off a little bit from where you're at. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your family life situation changes. Sometimes you're just ready for a change. Your dad was there. You've been there. It's a 20-year yeah. experience. You want a new house, uh, whatever. There's lots of reasons as long as your faith with Christ is solid and you understand the skills you're taking with you, uh, you know, just like you would any other job, that's okay. Yeah, we need to be able to also be upfront when we, and in a kind and gentle way, uh, we need to be upfront when it's like, hey, you know what, this isn't working out. Right. But give a reason. Yeah. 
You know, it could be, hey, you know what, theologically, we don't line up on some pretty major things, mm-hmm. but we wish you well. We hope, we, we wish, we want you to find a place uh, that is a good match for you. You know, what you never want to do is sit there and go, hey, you know what, it ain't working out, just take off, right? Right. You want someone who leaves ministry, you know, let's take away a moral failure or anything mm-hmm. like that. Because right. we still want to help them, but obviously there are certain situations where, uh, they're not moving on to ministry anywhere else. Right. And so we want to be able to, uh, even if we don't line up, even if the church is, for lack of a better phrase, which I hate this phrase, not a good fit, mm-hmm. you want to be able to help them into the next. And to do better. And to do better. You want to be able to do better. So yeah. if there is a weakness, you want to be able to share that. You want Anyways. to be able to tell them that. Anyway, we're digressing. We're, we're going we'll down do a road. That we'll get that another time. Okay, here we go. This was this was the one I contributed and uh, because I've done this. So. If you have ever, in a lesson, sermon, uh, speaking opportunity, ever used one cuss word when describing the plight of hungry, poor, impoverished children around the world, and then called everyone out for being upset, more upset that you used the word than the poverty Yes. You might be an edgy 2000 youth pastor. And that actually goes back to the 80s. I think it was Tony Campolo who did that the first yeah. time that I heard it. But it kind of became this like mainstay where you, you know, spout out some profanity right. and then try to shame everybody into like your priorities are wrong because you. Right. And, and that becomes that kind of aggressive. Uh, I remember going to a uh, I remember going to a concert and it was some Christian rapper. And we're all sitting there with the youth and we had kids who as far as I could tell, had never trusted Jesus. At the right. very least, they were not walking. They were not being disciples. Yeah. You know, They may be saved, but they weren't being disciples. And I remember this rapper coming out and going, how many of y'all have, uh, have led anybody to Christ lately? Oh. And you know, there's a few hands he goes, and then he literally says, y'all a bunch of punks. If you ain't out there sharing Jesus with your friends and making them come to Christ. That's hard for a kid to hear. It is. High school's hard. Junior high, middle school, whatever you want to call it, is hard. And to hear from someone that you really admire, whether it's a a youth pastor, some music icon, whatever, that you're not enough, man, they get told that every day. And the thing is, you're not enough. The whole point is that you're living in dependence. And so I think one thing that came out of all of that, uh, and this is a much more serious and sadder uh, ripple effect of all that was what we found out later on is that a lot of these people that were uh, kind of heavyweights in that culture, mm-hmm. the Christian culture, they were really products of marketing. Right. I mean, they, they were at the time, they were, okay, so it's not that they're not saved. Even those, I, I believe that once you place your faith in Christ, you you can't lose it. Um, and I also don't believe that just because you wandered away means you were never really saved. But what we're finding out is a lot of these guys, they did leave their faith mm-hmm. because of the pressures yeah. and the uh, the difficulties of being in that spotlight. Right. So, you know, we have to be very careful about, and I think that's what happened in this this kind of, and we still do it. We raise our leaders up, and, right. and that was very prevalent in that time period of, you know, our artists and our pastors, and pastors became, that was really, I think, when pastors kind of became celebrities in a positive way, 
you know, we had the televangelist scandals in the 80s. Right. We had all that. But this is mm. where pastors kind of became big shot celebrities uh, yeah, and, you get and known, to right? To the bigger churches. Yeah, you start seeing some, they're starting to write books. They're really, they're starting even having radio shows uh, towards the end, you know, kind of having well, radio and, shows. And radio shows and books that were kind of accepted outside of church circles. Yeah. You know, people who were spiritually yeah. searching were finding this. And I think we're actually coming full circle now when you mm-hmm. start seeing Instagram accounts like Preacher's Sneakers. <laughs> right. Where, yeah, where they're put, <laughs> taking pictures of these guy, of these pastors with, you know, $700 shoes and stuff. Right. You know, and, and, and this is stuff they need. And, and so it's it's almost like it's, where we were trying to fit in and be cool with a younger generation, we're kind of back to doing that. But now somebody's calling us out on it. Right, right, absolutely. So, um, all right, this is my last one. This is my last one. So if you ever (laughs) uh, did a mission trip recap video and used Audio Adrenaline's Hands and Feet as the soundtrack, you are an edgy uh, 2000s pastor, and that's a great song. There's nothing wrong with that song, but I think what we fell into again were these habits and cliches, and using the same music and mm-hmm. thinking to ourselves, "Oh man, nobody's ever done that." That was what bugged me. As we sat around, in hindsight, we sat around going, "Man, nobody's ever done this before." Right. And everybody had done it before. Everyone. I, I mean, mean I mean, really. Ten years before, in 19-something, I had been a high schooler and was doing the exact same thing with Michael W. Smith. Yeah, exactly. Right? You I know, mean, yeah. he did a great job of songs that made you cry. Yeah. Um, we actually outlawed Friends or Friends Forever at our <laughs> summer camp that yeah. I worked at because we just got tired of everybody crying on the last night. We couldn't get them to their cabins. Oh, it wasn't just that. I was in a musical. Oh, you were? For Michael W. Smith. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Did you guys do the uh, Christian uh, dance recital where you could only move your upper well, body? I, mus- let's call it a choir concert. Choir concert, there, okay. There wasn't any movement, per se, other than hand motions. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> well, there was always that one where they kind of, yeah, there's al- only hand motions. Or if you're going to move your lower body, it's kind of <laughs> like a turn and kick. Yes. But there's definitely yes. no hip movement. Yes. We have been to more than one function where they had, at multiple churches, where they have the same four movements, and Nathan can do. Every I can do one every one of them. I can do every one of them. <laughs> um, so, all of this to say, all of this to say, we every one of us are guilty of being the joke. Yeah, we're guilty of being the cliche. Yeah, and if our mission is to make disciples, the Great Commission, right. It doesn't say make uh, make a, uh, a an image. It doesn't say put out a good front. It doesn't say uh, Jesus didn't say hey uh, make sure that you uh, take what's in the world and give it a little bit of a Christian spin. He mm-hmm. said go make disciples, which means go be with people. Yeah. Go with, be with people, and be yourself. Right. The beauty of our walk with Christ is we get to be conformed mm-hmm. to his likeness. We get to learn how to grow, mm-hmm. uh, to be more like him, while not losing our individuality and the, the way he made us. Right. And now, w- go now ahead. I will say, as someone who is in a pastoral family, that one thing we do have to be cautious of is how we present it to people that we don't know. 
Yes. Um, yes. So we'll, we can discuss that at another time. Yeah, I think we need to talk about how we how we share the gospel and being clear in that, right. and how we live life with them. Well, and, and to be honest, my biggest fear is other Christians and how they judge me. Yeah, my, I mean, I think that's a big one. My because I feel like maybe I'm not the normal pastor's wife because I work full time or I, you know, there's all these things that maybe other pastor's wives don't do and I might get judged for it pretty harsh. Yeah. So it's how you present yourself sometimes to the people in your congregation or Mm -hmm. if you're just a normal churchgoer, but you're heavily involved in ministry. What does that look like when you're presenting, you know, when you're bringing people into your home? Yeah. What we can talk about it, but it's a big deal. Uh Uh-huh. And I want to, you know, when we think about youth, and I'm going to wrap up with this. Yeah. You know, one thing I learned was this. Youth are not looking for an image. They're looking for someone who cares about who they are right now. Yeah. And that means they want you to be honest about who you are. Right. And, you know, I've seen older uh, youth pastors or pastors, middle age, who didn't try to put up a front, but were that voice of wisdom. Or that voice of honesty about life. Right. And they could reach anybody. And they could connect with anybody. Right. The best relationship builders that I have ever seen in ministry are the ones who do not try to pretend that they understand the culture you're in. Right. Or they just know that this is what you love. And I love you because of who you are. And because you love that, right? right. You know, it's right. like, I don't have to understand it, but I know yeah. that's a part of you. Right. And that's why you love it. And that you can convey that love to them. So yeah. anyway, this is uh, this has been uh, interesting to reminisce on this. And so we hope that so in everything. Go ahead. I you want one, one more question? For uh, you. One question. Okay. What is what is the one thing you did we didn't talk about that pops in your head that you think that made me? A youth pastor when I was a youth. Like, that is oh, your man. thing. I got to think about that. Give me a second. I think bashing your head on a guitar when you're taking it off is a pretty good one. Yes, I did do that. I yeah. split my head open with a acoustic guitar, uh, shooting an announcement video for Sunday morning announcements. That yeah. was one. Um, yeah. Let's see. I think that, that might be the most youth pastor yeah. thing I've ever done. Well, Throwing the tips... On your hair. Oh, I did do the frosted tips, yeah. and I think throwing a watermelon through the windshield of a Jeep. I don't. Yeah, that was. You a, think? Yeah, that was a pretty youth pastor I thing to do. I think that was kind of a high school thing to do. No, that was that was during youth ministry. Okay. That was very much a youth pastor thing because we were going for you know everything's got to be shock value. Yeah, everything's got to be big, and yeah, we threw a right. watermelon through a windshield. So right. that's a story for another time. So. All right. Well, until the next time, um, we hope you guys have a great week. We hope you guys have a great ministry week. If you're involved in that, if you're a pastor or volunteer, a family of ministry, we hope and pray that you guys are blessed. And so this is Nathan. And this is Kim. And we will see you later. 